the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Right now, it uh, just about 106 on this Tuesday, it's John DePietro on AM 1380 and also 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. This portion of our program is brought to you by J. Kale Engineering. Folks, give them a call, as you can tell. Obviously, we're going from, it's getting colder each day, even though this will be an enjoyable week. But JKL, remember, the heating season is here. Let J. Kale Engineering design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier Infinity system, energy efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. If you're saying no gas, guess what? No problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high efficiency heat pump system. Reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market. And they also do new installation and replacement of high efficiency gas boilers. J.K.L. for 50 Five years. J.K.L.'s reputation, second to none. Call J.K.L. Engineering today at 401-351-7600. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. So you're listing on this Tuesday afternoon. And maybe you live in Rentham or Bellingham or Attleboro or Smithfield or Lincoln, wherever you can hear Juan's voice. Call J.K.L. Would you like to reduce your oil bill? By as much as 90%. And folks, they're saying oil is going to start to, because of Biden's going to get really expensive. Call JKL, 401-351-7600, 401-351-7600. It's JKL Engineering. Folks, right now it's 107. Remember, visit the website, depetro.com, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com, where we have original stories and video and don't forget to petro.com brought you by pat elston caldwell banker realty based out of cumberland 20 years experience license or an island of massachusetts you need an experienced realtor you need pat elston 401-474-5253 474-5253 services all of Rhode island and southeastern mass pat elston all right let's get to some of the sound and there's a lot of it. There's a lot of it, as a matter of fact. A lot of things that are making uh, headlines on this uh, Tuesday. Why don't we start off with the fact that in Joe Biden's America, folks, and this is the type of thing I think Donna Perry hit on very well in our first hour. Don't ex- expect to get everything you want. This is a report on CNN. This is going to affect Christmas. 25, 30 containers, which are just missing, which will not be here. That's 30% of their holiday product. It's one of many companies dealing with a supply chain nightmare. With port congestion, containers shipped in May are just arriving to Carrera Ravel's U.S. warehouse in Atlanta, five months behind schedule. We have seen such a surge in the last 90 days. Angela Higgs runs the freight forwarding company for Carrera Ravel. 
tasked with receiving the toys and getting them out to retailers as quickly as possible. It's been one delay after another, and we, of course, have been pushing and pushing and pushing, but these are delays are inevitable right now. With nearly every U.S. port facing a backlog, the warehouse is using all of them, piecing together a working supply chain. We're just going everywhere we can. Otherwise, these goods are not going to get to the stores, and um, I'm not going to have uh, anyone missing out on their toys this season. To try to help with that, President Biden announced two major ports in California will move to operate 24-7. But for Thiessen, the problem now moves from the sea to the land. Does that help you guys? No, it doesn't help. It just doesn't alleviate the problem, which we then have once the containers are all on board. There are not enough trucks, there are not enough freight trains to move the containers inland. And this trucking shortage really is the weakest link of this entire supply chain. If the trucks can't get to the ports and move cargo, then the ports are backed up. And there's a growing consensus amongst officials that this supply chain crisis is going to go well into 2022. So buy early, don't expect to get everything you want. And this season, expect to pay higher prices. John? Well, there's the Biden presidency right there. Now, folks, let's go to, and again, good afternoon at 110. It's the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You know, one place that's having a major showdown is Chicago. And government vaccines are threatening to force out thousands of police in Chicago. But a big part of it is, there's a terrible mayor, and she's been terrible to the police, and now... She's suddenly trying to force them to do something. So this is the report. NBC News, Lester Holt. Police officers have still not declared their COVID vaccine status despite a Friday deadline and now face being sent home without pay. Megan Fitzgerald has more on the vaccine battle. In the city of Chicago, you're willing to get fired for this? Yes, I am. I hope I don't, obviously. But, you know, I, I, I really believe I'm doing the right thing. Police Sergeant Rick Nigro says he won't be forced to get a COVID shot, defying the mayor's vaccine mandate that went into effect over the weekend. There's too much government control in that. You're going to tell me what I'm going to put in my body. That's my choice. And, and, and the result is you're going to terminate me? Termination on the line for possibly thousands more, as only 64% of the force is fully vaccinated. How many officers have not complied with the mayor's orders? The unofficial number we have is about over 3,200, so about a third of the department. Continuing a months-long standoff with Mayor Lori Lightfoot at a time when crime in the city is surging. It is surging. Hey, she is the problem there. She is the problem there. The mayor. How bad are things in Chicago? The impression is it's not safe. You know, it started with Jesse Smollett with the whole thing, how the MAGA people went up to him at 2.30 in the morning when it was 10 degrees outside as he was trying to go to Subway. And they put a rope around him and splashed beach, uh, bleach on him. Let's hear um, just how bad things are in the city of Chicago. Those phrases don't go together that often, but tonight, an alert for businesses on Chicago's Prime Avenue. Our Tara Molina is always investigating and joins us live along the famed shopping street. Tara, this could stop some new companies from moving into vacant storefronts. Erica, experts tell us there's already that hesitation. And it's not only because of the continued robberies and thefts here on the Mag Mile and across the downtown area, but because there's a perception right now that Chicago just isn't a safe place to be. 
entire stretch vacant and locked up, telling of the struggle on the city's Mag Mile. Where retailers are up against more than vacant neighbors. I think it does not help in terms of the recovery for downtown Chicago. According to the president and CEO of the Illinois Retail Merchants Association. Uh, the, the impression around the nation is that Chicago is not a very safe place to be. With continued robberies on the mile and in the area, Chicago police issuing a warning about suspects only described as young men in their teens robbing items on display. That narrows With it down. In custody, the robberies are still under investigation. It's a serious problem and we have to address it. Alderman Brian Hopkins says the impact on the city is much bigger than the police warning. The commercial brokers tell us that when they get a potential interest from a tenant, that's one of the first questions they ask is what's happening in Chicago to stem the tide of organized retail shoplifting rings um, that have been operating with impunity downtown. And we don't have a good answer right now for that. But it's not just continued issues. Issues on and around the Mag Mile causing concern, with at least three 7-Elevens hit during the Monday morning commute by crews of armed robbers. You know, folks, this is exactly the problem. Now, that's highlighting Chicago. And again, at one fourteen, good afternoon. It's the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. But the fact is, this has basically been going around um, really all over the country. Where the, the, the last summer and the defund the police and the Black Lives Matter... And all the destruction that was done um, with no pushback and all of this with George Floyd and Black Lives Matter and everything else. And after a while, people say it's not worth it. You know, if you're going to defund the police and you're going to make large cities unsafe, I'm not going to live there. And this mayor, she is a disaster, that Lori Lightfoot. She is a complete disaster. So, you know, you hate to see. I was uh, downtown just last week, and, I, you know, just I like downtown Providence. I do like downtown Providence. And, and, and I, but you have a mayor, Mayor Jorge Elaga, that has allowed so much of it to basically become unsafe. And people are more comfortable shopping, suburban areas, going out to eat. Suburban areas. Speaking of that, as far as shopping in suburban areas, folks, I want to remind you about Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road, Cumberland. It's My Health, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. Have you popped in there? I'll bet I hear from people that say, Juan, I've driven by 1099 Menden Road, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. You know, for years, and I just, I never popped in until you mentioned it. Or I heard Marie on with you. And, folks, it's all about helping people take charge, responsibility for their own health. That's why the emphasis is on the word my. It's my health. And Marie tries to offer the best of the best products. And a lot of them are even made locally. But at It's My Health, I want you to pop in. That's your assignment this week. 1099 Menden Road and Cumberland Vitamins, Herbal Remedies, Trusted Companies, Local Products like Icee, Honey, Maple Syrup, Beef Fresh Gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, 
hemp and CBD products, natural skincare products. It's my health because it's your health. Pop and see Marie diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Pop in and see Marie. It's my health because it's your health. And actually right down the street from her is... End Zone Sports Pub, 960 Menton Road in Cumberland. They'll have the Red Sox game tonight. Boy, Fenway Park has just been uh, rocking, folks, hasn't it been? Fenway Park has been rocking. All right. Now, as far as before we get back to some more of the um, the national sound. And, you know, th- this um, also Katie Couric did an interview on the Today Show. And I do want to play. Um, I want to play some of it. Not a huge fan of hers, but I do want to hear part of the interview. I did not see this. This is the um, scathing book that she put out, and that's something that it's the return to the Today Show. How about this? Katie Kirk on a move to CBS. I'm not sure the country was ready for a female anchor. Right, except Diane Sawyer did great. It wasn't gender. It was her. I disagree with that. I think there are people, there are women that would have been very good with that. Um, But just not her. But I want to hear her um, talk a little bit about um, Matt Lauer and some of the the other stuff. No relationship. Um, Let's see. Let me hear a little bit. Savannah Guthrie on her memoir. <laughs> Skeletons, yeah. Let me hear this. Why write a memoir like that? Um, well, I couldn't imagine writing something that wasn't honest and sort of radically transparent. I didn't want to do like a victory lap or my greatest hits. I mean, I think I've had an extraordinary life. I've had incredible opportunities. As you say, I've had huge successes. I've had some pretty public failures, too. I've embarrassed myself. I've been proud of myself. And I think one of the reasons is, and you can relate to this, Savannah, I think people have always said, I feel like... I know you, but as I say in my prologue, the box puts you in a box, the flat screen flattens, and I wanted to kind of share the messy parts, what real life was like. So is this the real Katie? This book yeah, is the real I, Katie. Well, I think it connects with people on a very deep level, and I think you see all sides of me and my truth. Um, I feel comfortable with that, and uh, I think it's really, it's such a fun ride, and I think it's kind of an emotional roller coaster. And as she was best in her role on the Today Show, she and she has been unable to. Her doing a talk show did not work. Her doing a talk show absolutely did not work. Um, I want to hear what she says about Matt Lauer, though. So let me hear. I think there's an ad first. This was. Um, they're no longer in contact. Um, that that was, you know, they, the Today Show, they do well in Rhode Island just because of uh, Channel 10. But nationally, Good Morning America beats them. Let me hear a little bit of this. Today Show, you were here 15 years. Yeah. Nine of them, your partner was Matt Lauer. You talk about the book wrestling with trying to come to terms with the accusations against him. What did you ultimately conclude? Um... You know, that was really, really hard, and it took me a long time to process 
what was going on because the side of Matt I knew was the side of Matt I think you all knew. He was kind and generous and considerate, uh, a good colleague. And, you know, as I got more information and learned what was going on behind the scenes, it was really upsetting and disturbing. And I think I and, and then I did some of my own reporting. I talked to people. I really tried to excavate what had been going on. And, you know, it was it was really devastating, but also disgusting. And, uh, you know, I think what I realized is there was a side of Matt I never really knew. And I tried to understand why he behaved the way he did and why he was so reckless and callous and honestly abusive to other women. Were there things that you, in the course of writing this book, you looked back on stories or memories that you came to see in a different light? Well, you know, there's always gossip and television news. And I think there was gossip here and there about certain people and you know I think it was a very permissive environment in the 90s and I think permissive environments often result in in serious transgressions and uh, you know I think back then it was sort of like you felt like it was none of your business and nobody ever came to me to talk to me about it. And I think our notion of what a consensual relationship has changed dramatically and you have to consider the power dynamics. I'm sure you've learned a lot about this too. You talked about um, after his firing, um, whether to, grappling with whether to continue that friendship and you even include your actual text messages that you had with yeah. that, you kept them. Where does that relationship stand now? We have no relationship. You know, I think I use those text messages because I thought they were very illustrative of how our relationship devolved and ultimately deteriorated. Um, so, so I thought that was a powerful way to kind of really let the reader in to my thought process. And as I got more and more information, how it was harder and harder for me to reconcile these two sides. You know, again, that is um, Katie Kirk, who, by the way, as I mentioned, um, I, I thought, listen, that was that was the two of them together was just a, it was a winning formula. It just was. And she may, may want to say that it was something else, but Lauer was a star. And the two of them together and her unpredictability, um, very, very good television. I want to get back to, um, folks, some of the other stories in the news. And again, good afternoon at 124. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. I want to also um, play, I, I know we talked about a little bit earlier, but this governor's race in Virginia very, very important to pay attention to. Here's lifelong Democrats in Virginia explain why suddenly they're reported, they're supporting the Republican candidate. Question to you, like I mentioned, you are a lifelong Democrat. You voted for Joe Biden. Why are you making the switch to the Republican in this race? Well, the school closures really highlighted um, things that were going on in our schools besides school closures. We noticed that all of the um, members were very progressive Democrats, and they were working on other things besides opening the schools. 
And as it went along, they started to try and silence parents by shortening the time we had to be able to talk at the school board meetings and literally actually telling us that their ears were closed to us. Brianna, same question to you. Why are you voting Republican in this race? Well, to piggyback off of what Sandra said, I decided I could no longer support a party that didn't prioritize the academic, social, and emotional needs of students. I've previously voted for Democrats because I felt that the party um, preaches equality. And during the COVID-19 pandemic, they denied students access to one of the greatest equalizers, which is in-person education. You know, I also want to point out what's so important is what what you just heard in what's going on is, see, I believe, folks, at 126, I think the Rhode Island Republican Party is not capitalizing on critical race theory that so many parents are against. And I think it's a voting issue. They just don't realize it yet. The only one that fully got that was Representative Patricia Morgan, but they never embraced it as a party and or the leadership of the state house. Now let's continue. How about how bad are things in San Francisco with crime? San Francisco, Chicago, or two of those places. How about how do you like to be that now people just have to hire their own private companies? So fed up with all the crime, they're actually hiring their own security services. Betty. Liz, that's right. And I just met a private security guard who works for a home across the Palace of Fine Arts. And he says that he himself has intervened in about nine car burglaries since this summer. Now, if you take a look around here, it is really not hard to find broken glass and signs of damage everywhere. It only takes a few seconds, and witnesses or drivers passing by don't seem to deter thieves. This car break-in happened on Hawthorne Street in Soma last month. The owner said she had nothing inside her brand-new car and was still not immune. On Friday, this dash cam video caught repeated smash-and-grabs in Fisherman's Wharf at Beach and Columbus. We don't feel safe in our neighborhood. And we have an alarm, we have cameras on our property, but we want the extra security of having someone have eyes on our place. Marina resident Katie Lyons said home and auto burglaries in her neighborhood have gotten so out of hand, she's now paying for security services from patrol special officer Alan Byard. People are scared. They read the paper. They see what's going on in the city. They want a safe place to raise their kids. In the last year, I've had 10 of my clients move out of the city. Byard says his residential clients have more than doubled since the pandemic began, from 70 to 150 in the marina alone. He makes the rounds from 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. Patrol special officers work as private patrol persons overseen by the police commission. Lyons said it's not uncommon to find stolen property, including empty luggages, dumped right outside her home. Especially at night, I don't walk with a purse. I'll drive or I'll take an Uber. And it's beginning to become a daytime problem, too. In fact, on Friday, a popular Australian singer was the victim of a brazen armed robbery in nearby Cal Hollow. Has it gotten worse? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. This place used to be like nothing would ever happen here. You know, folks, but that is the new reality that people 
That is the new reality that people are dealing with. That is the new reality that, you know, and I, I don't understand this in any way where. Oh boy, this is interesting. Block Island is mentioned. Wow. Let me hear this. Ted Cruz roll out new uh, new immigrants uh, talking about Nantucket, the vineyard. Let me hear some of this. This is uh, Texas Senator Ted Cruz. It designates new ports of entry like Palo Alto, California, like St. Helena, California, like Yountsville, California, like Greenwich, Connecticut, like Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, like Cambridge, Massachusetts, Martha's Vineyard, uh, Block Island, Rhode Island, uh, Governor's Island, Scarsdale, New York, North Hero, Vermont, and Nantucket. So rich Democrats can be sitting there and suddenly see 10, 20, 30, 50,000 illegal immigrants like we're seeing in Texas on a daily basis. And I can just envision them in Nantucket sipping a martini going, oh, goodness, they want to come to our clubs. They would be horrified. You know, that is uh, I like the idea of that a lot. How about that? Why not? Now, he doesn't realize that. This is already going on, but going on at Quonset, right? I mean, that's what's what's really happening right now. So it's not that they're not coming. They're just not coming there. They're coming to, to other places. But I like that Ted Cruz is saying, then, what, then let's, you want to welcome them in? Let, let's make it public. Let's make it public and let, let's everybody know where they're arriving from. Let everybody know that. Folks, good afternoon. It's the John DePietro Show on AM 1380. And also 99.9 FM. can always listen online at the website, which is dipietro.com. Folks, this portion of the program on this Tuesday is brought to you by J. Perry Paving. This is the perfect time of year. J. Perry Paving. High quality Fair pricing, exceptional service, 20 years experience, specialized commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating, letter J, J. Perry Paving. Free estimate, any project, call them today, 401-732-1730, 401-732-1730. Look for them on Facebook, and then also, folks, it's, um, the website is letter J, J. Perry Paving paving. Remember, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, J. Perry Paving has your back. Affordable, smooth and safe to drive on, residential asphalt driveway. J. Perry Paving, licensed and insured contracting company called J. Perry Paving today. 401 732 1730. 401 732 1730. Letter J. It's J. Perry Paving. Folks, as always, visit the website, petro.com, which is brought to you by Brood Awakenings. There's a Brood Awakenings near you. Brood Awakenings, fresh food, great place to gather, delicious food, coffee, drinks, entertainment, very welcoming environment. You have two locations in Johnston, Cranston, Warwick, Bald Hill Road, and then also now the Providence location. Stop in. 
The food is fantastic. You're going to love it. Fresh ingredients, no added coffee syrups. Plus, they have the drive through Warwick and the Johnston location. Full-service bars, very cozy environment. I like that word, cozy. It is. Brood Awakenings, and you can get a direct link right at the website, dipetro.com. So, folks, just to um, sum things up at 133 on this uh, Tuesday, and that is the fact that the situation right now, the situation right now in the country, um, it's not getting any better. And I want to get back to this was last night. Tucker Carlson had on Miranda Devine from the New York Post about the um, the illegals that are being flown in to the United States, especially the New York area. Let's see. This was last night. Post on the Biden administration's abuse of our crumbling immigration system. The Post cover story tomorrow will reveal that in recent weeks, thousands of illegal aliens have been flown from the Texas border into Westchester County Airport in New York on chartered jets. It's not the only place that they're heading. Miranda Devine from the New York Post is on the story for us tonight and joins us with developments. Miranda, good to see you. Give us the outline of this story, if you would. Thanks, Tucker. Well, we know that Joe Biden has dismantled uh, all the border protections and that we've had upwards of 1.5 million illegal migrants cross into America. But what we didn't know was where they were going. So we had a tip-off that they were flying into uh, Westchester uh, County Airport in White Plains in the dead of night, 2, 3, 4 in the morning. Uh, So last week we went and had a look and we did see um, two planes fly in with uh, about 100 illegal or 100 migrants uh, get off the plane. Most of them were unaccompanied children. We're told by the government they were all unaccompanied children, but uh, several of them did look to us to be males in their 20s, late teens. Uh, And then they were put onto buses, charter buses. Uh, They had a police escort out of the airport, and then they were dispersed around uh, various places in New York, Long Island, uh, also New Jersey. They were dropped off on a rest area in New Jersey Turnpike. We also sent a crew to Jackson because these flights are coming from Texas, from McAllen, El Paso, Houston, uh, and they're coming to White Plains via Jacksonville, Florida. So we had a crew down there on the weekend, and they also spotted a flight uh, landing, um, and about uh, 15 to 20 uh, illegal migrants uh, got off that plane, and they were bussed to um, about a place about 130 miles west of Jacksonville. So uh, we've done our best to get the information from the government, but we've really been stonewalled. Uh, no one wants to talk. All that uh, we, we've referred to the Health and Human Services and all they will say, or the White House will say, is that they have an obligation to look after unaccompanied children, and that's what they're doing. But they don't explain why they're doing it in the dead of night. Why is this such a secret operation? Why is no one talking about it. Well, they're doing the dead of night because they're violating federal law. And so you have mass illegality promoted by the White House, which is an unprecedented uh, thing. Miranda Devine, I appreciate your reporting on this and for bringing it up. You know, folks, and again, um, look who has to break it, right? Look who has to break the news on that. Why is this allowed? Now it's being asked at the White House press briefing. And let's hear Pete Ducey, S. Jen Psaki. 
Why is the Biden administration flying thousands of illegals from the border to Quonset in Rhode Island? Let's hear the answer. It's the administration flying thousands of migrants from the border to Florida and New York in the middle of the night. Uh, well, I'm not sure that it's in the middle of the night, but let me tell you what's happening here. Um, it is our well, he, very early in the morning. Here we are talking about early flights, earlier than you might like to take a flight. Um, it is our legal responsibility to safely care for unaccompanied children until they swiftly can be swiftly unified with a parent or a vetted sponsor. And that's something we take seriously. We have a moral, a right obligation to, uh, to do that, to deliver on that. As a part of the unification process, our Office of Refugee Resettlement facilitates travel for children in its custody to their families or sponsors across the country. So in recent weeks, uh, unaccompanied children passed through the Westchester Airport, which I think is what you're referring to, and route to their final destination to be unified with their parents or vetted sponsor. It's no surprise uh, that kids can be seen traveling through states, uh, not just New York. It's something that we're also working to unite children with their family members or vetted sponsors and other. All right. I want to hear this one more time. Pete Ducey, folks, asking Jen Psaki. Jen, why is the administration flying thousands of migrants from the border to Florida and New York in the middle of the night? Uh, well, I'm not sure that it's in the middle of the night, but let me tell you what's happening here. Um, it is our well, very early in the morning. Here we are talking about early flights, earlier than you might like to take a flight. Um, it is our legal responsibility to safely care for unaccompanied children until they swiftly can be swiftly unified with a parent or a vetted sponsor. And that's something we take seriously. We have a moral, a right obligation to uh, com- to do that, to deliver on that. As a part of the unification process, our Office of Refugee resettlement facilitates travel for children in its custody to their families or sponsors across the country. So in recent weeks, uh, unaccompanied children passed through the Westchester Airport, which I think is what you're referring to, and route to their final destination to be unified with their parents or vetted sponsor. It's no surprise. Why is it done in secret, though? Why is it done in secret? How much longer is she going to continue to be the White House press person now? The supply chain crisis is good because people have more money and are buying more goods. That means inflation. Let's hear this ridiculous answer. Um, I just want to follow up on, on the supply chain that you just said was, uh, you were seeing some serious progress on that. So a couple of questions yeah. um, there. So the port of Long Beach yesterday saw this new record broken. 100 vessels a day are waiting to enter normally. Pre-COVID, they're seeing 17 ships uh, give or take an anchor. Is the president satisfied with the where things stand? The president is satisfied that progress continues to be made. And one of the reasons that uh, there has been uh, so much traffic uh, in a lot of these ports is because there are more goods that are being ordered by people across the country. People have more uh, money, expendable resources. Uh, their wages are up. More people are working than they were a year ago. Uh, and if you, and port to port, it's different, but statistically, some well, of these no one realized it was a good thing. So the fact that people may not be able to have and be able to order what they want for Christmas time, they're now saying it's it's actually a good thing. Now, how about the fact Biden's nominee for Customs and Border won't call the crisis at the southern border a crisis? Let me hear the summer, the sound of this. Uh, Mr. Magnus, uh, I'd like to start off with a yes or no question. Do you believe we have a crisis at the southern border, yes or no? Senator, I, 
I'm not sure does it really matter whether we call it a, a major challenge, a crisis, a, a big problem. I, I think we... I think it speaks to a level of, of, of urgency and seriousness of purpose and uh, an understanding of the gravity of the situation. I mean, uh, presumably one would uh, answer the call to serve in this position because you understand the importance at this moment in history of being commissioner of CBP. So... Um, uh, do we have a crisis at the border? Yes or no? Senator, let me assure you that no one uh, believes there is greater urgency to this matter than I do. I have been at the southern border. So it's I, urgent. I've heard the characterization urgent uh, strikes the common ear as, as less than a crisis. Are you saying there, there's I, not a crisis at the border? Senator, I, no, I don't think there is. I don't think. I don't speak to urgent as less serious at all in fact is there a crisis or is there not a crisis at the board senator i would say that my highest priority is going to i didn't ask your priority i asked to characterize the situation on the border is there a crisis at the border you've been nominated to serve as commissioner to the customs and border patrol uh agency um at a time that i regard as a crisis are you saying there is not a crisis senator what i'm certainly trying to convey is how serious I take what's happening at the border and the amount of work that I want to put in to address it. Well, I won't call it a crisis, but won't call it a crisis. Meanwhile, he also does admit dramatic increase unaccompanied children arriving at the border. Unaccompanied children arriving at the border. Ask questions about immigration. We're seeing, as you know, a dramatic increase of unaccompanied children arriving at the border. Gee, I wonder why that is, folks. What a disgrace. Absolute. How much longer do we have to go? How much longer is this actually going on? It's only nine months. Nine months in. It's already a disaster. Now, locally, you wouldn't know that. Because locally, they continue to insist that, you know, we're just following the protocol from the Biden administration, whatever that means, by the way. But no, make no mistake about it. The the wheels, folks, have come off and they're not going to you have supply chain disruptions are now providing challenges for free lunch programs at schools across the country. Where was Mayor Pete? Oh, that's right. He was out on maternity leave or whatever leave because because they adopted the twins. Really? You don't come back when it's an emergency like this? Threatening all the different with the supply chain problems that we're experiencing right now? That's that's not a reason to come back. These people are just I, I, I thought the adults were. I thought the adults were coming back, right? Take over the White House. I wonder, we'll see. So, um, let's see. There's another story that I want to just play some of the sound. By the way, and look at how they're still trying to chase President Trump. See, they, the whole goal... Let me just hear Jonathan Carl talks about President Trump now suing to block the release of the January 6th records. Why should they? 
it's all being done for political purposes. Let's hear uh, John Carl. January 6th committee has requested a wide range of documents to establish what Donald Trump and his aides were doing during the riot and in the days leading up to the riot. Those records, White House documents, are now in the National Archives. President Biden has okayed their release. But in this lawsuit, Trump's lawyers argue that none of the documents should be released, writing, the committee's request amounts to nothing less than a vexatious illegal fishing expedition openly endorsed by Biden and designed to unconstitutionally investigate President Trump. Overnight, the committee, the Democrat and Republican leading the committee, released a statement accusing the former president of trying to obstruct the investigation, saying the former president's clear objective is to stop the select committee from getting at the facts about January 6th. And his lawsuit is nothing more than an attempt to delay or obstruct our investigation. Now, George, this could set up a lengthy legal battle over the over the principle of executive privilege, and if not a victory for Donald Trump, what he really wants a delay in this investigation. What what is the point? You know, folks. And again, good afternoon at one forty six. Do you know there's new video that shows officers allowing people to enter the Capitol? How come no one? No one talks about that. New video from January 6th shows officers allowing people to enter the Capitol. Pure lengthy video showcase a different perspective what happened. Finally been released to the public despite objections from the Biden administration. According to BuzzFeed, the surveillance video show Capitol Police allowing hundreds of people to enter the government after being vastly outnumbered. Two cameras, 40 minutes. Government was obliged to release the footage due to the criminal case pending against Ethan Nordine. Described as a Proud Boy member accused of participating in riots on January 6th. His lawyer argues the case unlawful because the video clearly showed police permitted people to enter the U.S. Capitol. Federal prosecutors opposed releasing the video, stating Nordine was mischaracterizing what the video depicted. Footage 40 minutes in length, taken from two separate cameras. He's a currently waiting trial, charges of forcibly entering the Capitol. Two felony counts of obstruction, official proceeding, and conspiracy. Well, you know, they're still being held. And what they don't understand, what seemingly goes by the boards is just the element of why is it? That no one, where were all the mass prosecutions last summer, folks? Where were they? Where where are all, let's find all the members of BLM and let's arrest all of them. (sighs) Um, Where this is leading right now, also, oh, late night TV rankings. All right. During President Obama's first year in office, Stewart averaged 1.7 million viewers and I the Daily Show. Trevor Noah can't get 20%. So here are the late night TV ratings. Gutfeld is number one with 1.8 million viewers. Number two, Late Show with Stephen Colbert, million five. Number three, Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Number four, Jimmy Kimmel, million three. Brian Williams comes in fifth, under one million. Late night, Seth Meyers comes in sixth, under 900,000. Nightline, 
ABC comes in seventh, under 800,000. James Corden, Late Late Show, comes in eighth, 700,000. Don Lemon Tonight comes in ninth, 400,000. Daily Show Trevor Noah comes in tenth, 300,000. How about that? <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't really get that guy anyway. I, I mean, I've seen some of his stuff, and I just don't particularly find him that funny. But, folks, we are at a breaking point right now. So, now I'm seeing, this is news. FBI raids the D.C. mansion of the Russian oligarch and Putin ally who had ties to Paul Manafort. So, that is uh, a big development going on right now in D.C. Closer to home, Governor McKee is trying to navigate and have a week that he's not completely under attack and seems to be doing that, by the way, right now. So now this this is the amount of money that they're talking about spending right now is, um, you know, all these suggestions on what they should do. With all the federal money, the the $1 billion and so forth, I still maintain it should be returned to you. Give it back to the people. It's, it's, it's your money. It's, it's our money. Um, they have $1 billion to spend at the Rhode Island State House. Who in their right mind thinks that that's going to be spent responsibly right now? There are people just warming, getting ready with schemes to try to grab. When that kind of money comes in and it's federal money, oh my God, it is Christmas. They are lining up to try to start grabbing it. Folks, this portion of the program is brought to you by the the Centerdale Revival. Stop in and see Shane and his crew. Comfort food, cocktails. I love the place. 2025 Smith Street, North Providence. Centerdale, the Centerdale Revival. Comfort food, cocktails, and winner of several Rhode Island monthly awards. You can um, link right through at the website, dipetro.com. So, folks, on this um, Tuesday, the Biden administration, they're still trying to get past their big signature um, legislation. I'm seeing right now, Rhode Island Foundation panel sees housing, mental health training, best use of the 1 billion federal windfall. By the way, it's 1.1. So that's still 100 million that is going to be spent. But um, this is also interesting. FDA proposes rule to offer over-the-counter hearing aids I think that's a very good idea. I've heard um, a lot of people uh, talking about, in the past anyway, complain about what you have to go through in order to obtain a hearing aid. And I admit that it doesn't make sense that you couldn't just have something like that. But um, some things to watch. Number one, gasoline prices are an island. Highest in seven years. Thanks a lot. Folks, that's Biden. 
this is, you know, this is the administration that is just completely out of control, as a matter of fact. I think Channel 10 has a package on this. You know, I maintain the price of gas dictates a lot. If people are spending their money filling up the tank, there's a lot of things they're not doing. So, you know, the price of gas, and it's only going to go up, and then uh, heating oil only going to go up. We're not even into a year. Let's hear. This is the Channel 10 package on it. Nationally, and experts say it doesn't look like drivers will be getting any relief anytime soon. In Rhode Island, we are seeing the highest prices in seven years. Massachusetts has a similar increase. NBC 10's Christina Vitale spoke with customers at the gas pump today. They're awful. AAA Northeast says a gallon of regular gas in Rhode Island is now selling for an average of $3.29. That's about 21 cents higher than a month ago. The Ocean State also landing ninth out of the top 10 states with largest weekly increases. The average price for a gallon of gas in Rhode Island has gone up 9 cents in just the last week. Seeing it inch up higher and higher, when I think like last year it was like almost down to $2, right? Like it's, it's kind of crazy. Customers like Ashley Ply dedicate Tuesday mornings to fill up her tank. I have T-Mobile and every Tuesday we have fuel rewards and then I also shop at Stop and Shop so I get anywhere from 10 to 20 cents off a gallon on Tuesday. So today I got 13 cents off. We need the gas to get to our jobs and everything else so but the hike of our prices and everything isn't helping the average person. Corey Hartman fills his car's 12 gallon tank of gas for $45. Before the hike, it probably would have cost me 26 bucks. Massachusetts is neck and neck with Rhode Island's prices, with the same average cost today, just a hair under $3.30. With the holidays coming, it's definitely stressful, and then, you know, we're already thinking about snow happening and just all those extra factors. It's not great. AAA says prices are increasing at the pumps nationwide due to increasing crude oil, which they say is now above $80 a day per barrel, while in August, it was in the low 60s. They just got to come down and, you know, think about the average person who's out there just trying to make ends meet to feed their family and put food on the table. Now, this is all part of, folks, the Biden plan and the progressives, progressives like AOC and some of the progressives at the state house that they want to continue they want to make get rid of anyone that's driving uh, a regular vehicle and this is a way like everything now has to be you have to be punished for it if you if you're not vaccinated you're now in a separate class so you have to be punished oh you want to drive your car and burn normal gasoline well then you're going to be punished this is all part of the plan. The high gas price, like this is ridiculous. It wasn't like this just a year ago. Under President Trump, the amount of oil self-reliant on it in our own country, the price of gasoline, folks, should be at a record low. Record low. And it's not going to, you know, this thing is not going to turn around anytime soon, if anything. Things could get worse. How much worse can they get? It's a very fair question. Sleep at the switch. And where is she? What's frightening are the amount of people that actually supported this crew getting into the White House. Hey, folks, again, I want to point your attention to the uh, website, dipetro.com. Remember, brought to you by Allstate Lock. 
one thing you want to do is what you want to protect yourself. You want to protect your family. All state lock experts at locking systems, building security. Call them today. 401-349-0042. Security cameras are huge. Security cameras are necessary. Call all state lock today. 401-349-0042. So with um with all this money that's gonna be i you know it's so backwards with just how much um that they're able to now spend at the Rhode Island State House. How is this not some of the lobbyists and some of the others that one just wanna you know grab so much of this money, and we're talking about a lot of money. We're talking about a lot of money. I want to go back to folks, something that we're monitoring locally. And I'm so glad glad that it was brought up today by Pete Ducey in the White House press briefing. And it has to do with these late night flights. And some of them are coming into Quonset. Here's him asking Jen Psaki about that very topic. Flying thousands of migrants from the border to Florida and New York in the middle of the night. Uh, well, I'm not sure that it's in the middle of the night, but let me tell you what's happening here. Um, it is our... 429 a.m. Well, very early in the morning. Here we are talking about early flights, earlier than you might like to take a flight. Um, it is our legal responsibility to safely care for unaccompanied children until they swiftly can be swiftly unified with a parent or a vetted sponsor. And that's something we take seriously. We have a moral a right obligation to, uh, com- to do that and to deliver on that. As a part of the unification process, our Office of Refugee Resettlement facilitates travel for children in its custody to their families or sponsors across the country. So in recent weeks, uh, unaccompanied children passed through the Westchester Airport, which I think is what you're referring to, en route to their final destination to be unified with their parents or vetted sponsor. It's no surprise uh, that kids can be seen traveling through states. Why is it being done in the dead of night? Why is it being done in the dead of night? Why is this that they do it in the darkness, that no one knows about it. Folks, it's 159. It's John DePietro. I want you, thank you for listening. I want you to enjoy this Tuesday. We are back tomorrow on the radio at 11. When there's breaking news, well, we do our live stream right there, Facebook Live. If you want a direct link to that, please go to the website, depetro.com. I want you to stand by for, you're going to hear the 2 o'clock news, and then it'll be the John Dion program. Again, if you'd like to uh, reach me for whatever reason, go to the website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. And that is the easiest, most direct way that you can uh, reach the program. So enjoy this Tuesday. Go Red Sox. and see WNRI Winsocket. WNRI.